You can turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47 this morning. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We find a picture of the early church, and it leads us to ask the question, what is the church? What is the church? You know, for a time, churches gave a lot of attention and spent a lot of money expanding grand and and beautiful physical structures, and, and we had to regularly repeat the refrain, church is not a building. We cannot meet at the church because church is not a building. And then came an era, especially in the late 20th and early 21st century, of bigger and flashier church services. We had celebrity pastors, talented worship bands, better production values, and we needed to be reminded that church is not an event. Church is not an event. You cannot go to church because church is not an event. And now today with the coronavirus pandemic in this time of scattering, just about every church in America has begun live streaming. Suddenly every pastor has become a televangelist. And many of them have become frequent bloggers. Pastors and ministries have begun producing more content than ever before. Services, devotionals, worship events to live stream and to rewatch. Blogs, newsletters and articles to read and to share. Webinars produced. Zoom classes led. There's a glut of new content that has been and is being produced in this time of pandemic. And this time, many people have become very content just to sit at home and to sample the wares, often from many churches. How is, how is their worship? How is his preaching? What's the quality of their production like? There's so much content now that's just a few clicks away. It's so easy to access and to consume. And consuming content can leave you feel like you've done church. But friends, church is not content. Church is not a building. Church is not an event. Church is not just content. Then what is church? In the New Testament, the word that we translate into English as church is the Greek word ekklesia, literally meaning called out or called out ones. The, the word was used of a gathering of citizens who were called from their homes into a public place, an assembly. And it was the word that those who translated the Hebrew scriptures into Greek chose to use for the assembly of God's people. For example, Deuteronomy 31.30, Moses spoke to all the assembly Ecclesia of Israel. Church is not a building. Church is not an event. Church is not content. Friends, church is a community. 
Church is a community. Those spiritually called out of the world, called out of their spiritual and physical isolation, called out of sin and self-centeredness, physically called out of their homes and called together in Christ. Church is a community. And to really understand what that means, we need to understand one of the New Testament's most prevalent images of church. Church is a body. It's not just a community, but a body. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 5, We, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. You see, in Christ, God has called us out and He has called us together. We are a diverse people with diverse gifts, playing diverse roles, yet we are united as a body, as a community. And as a body, we need one another. You know, if your finger is cut off, it needs to be reattached in six hours or it will not survive. If the human arm is cut off, it only has about three to four hours before you've passed its best chance at survival. So how long can an individual member of the body of Christ survive detached from the rest of the body? Church is a body. It's not just an aggregation of parts. It's a corporation of parts. It's not just an aggregation of different parts, but a corporation. Latin The word body is corpus, which gives us our word corporate, meaning as a body, or corporation talking about a body. A body is not just an aggregation of parts, but a corporation. Each part needs the other parts. Church is not just an organization, it's an organism. It's not just a building or an event or content, but it's a community. A community that needs one another. The community is not just an aggregation, but a congregation. Not just an aggregation, but a congregation. A bag of marbles is an aggregation. You see, all the marbles, they can just be together in the bag, but they don't actually affect one another and they don't need one another. There's no interconnection. That's an aggregation. But, for example, a cluster of grapes is a congregation. There's a connection and that connection is essential. Each grape is connected to every other grape through the vine. And if they become disconnected from the vine and disconnected from one another, they die. We're not just an aggregation that comes together and doesn't affect one another and doesn't really need to be there We're a congregation who needs one another. Church is a community. It's a corporation. It's a body. There's an interconnectedness, a dependency. We are called together. And the biblical word for this togetherness is the Greek word koinonia. Koinonia is used 19 times in the New Testament and it's translated as fellowship or participation or communion or sharing in. You see, we're sharing in life together. Just like grapes share in the life of the vine, we are sharing in the life of Christ together. 
church is a congregation that comes together to share in the life of Christ together. And in fact, the very first time we find this word koinonia used in the New Testament is in the passage that we read to start with. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they, the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, which is koinonia, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, devoted themselves to the fellowship, the koinonia. There was a sharing in life together. They were sharing together in the very life of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. They were sharing in the apostles' teaching, which has been recorded and preserved for us in our New Testament. They shared together in prayers, and they shared together through the breaking of bread. Now, that phrase, breaking of bread, might just refer to them having a meal together, which they clearly had many meals together. They clearly shared much life together. However, that breaking of bread most likely refers here to the Lord's Supper. Luke 22, verse 19 And Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When it says they were dedicated to the breaking of bread together, along with the apostles' teaching and prayers, it's most likely the sharing of the Lord's Supper. The church was dedicated to regular physical gatherings. Because, you see, bread and wine are physical things that require physical bodies in a shared space. So to be dedicated to koinonia, the sharing of the life of Christ together, the church had to be dedicated to gathering together physically. And in the same way, the other sign and practice of faith is baptism. Water is also a physical thing, and it requires physical bodies in a physical space. So Jesus came, and he didn't just give us a mere philosophy to master. He didn't just give us a morality to obey. He didn't just give mere teachings for individuals to learn. He he gave us practices that cannot be practiced alone or isolated. You can't baptize yourself. That's bathing. Bread and wine eaten alone are not the Lord's Supper. It's a snack. Jesus gave us practices that cannot be practiced alone or isolated because Jesus gave us a community. We are the body of Christ. Church is a community, and it necessitates the physical coming together of that body. These very physical practices, baptism and the Lord's Supper, in and of themselves, they emphasize our unity with the body of Christ. Every church throughout history, from every nation on earth and every time, has had some requirement of, of baptism. So again, we're united with every nation and every time in baptism. The practice of the Lord's Supper emphasizes our unity with one another because the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17, because there's one bread, we who are many are one body, and we all partake of the one bread. One baptism, one bread, one body. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are both practices that emphasize the church is more than a building. It's more than an event. It's more than just content. It's a community, and both of these practices are practices that emphasize that and that bring the church together. Christianity is more than just a personal philosophy. It's more than just private morality. It's more than just individual practices. Christianity is a community. 
I can live stream a church service on my laptop or I can watch it on TV. I can download a sermon from my favorite preacher and listen to them on the radio. I can do personal devotions or commune with God in nature. But friends, God has given us physical practices like baptism and the Lord's Supper to remind us that you and I cannot be the church apart from the community. You and I cannot be the church apart from the body of Christ. The bread cannot be pixelated. It can only be broken. The water cannot be engaged through a touch screen. It must be touched. The church physically gathers not because the church is a building or an event. And the church is more than, a con- more than just content. It gathers because the church is a community. We are the body of Christ. And yes, We can be religious without physically gathering in a church community. We can be spiritual without physically gathering in a church community. But can you be a Christian without physically ever gathering with a church community? Consider that if one can truly be a Christian without ever gathering with a church community, why does the underground church in China or the persecuted church in the Middle East continue to risk their freedom and their lives to gather together? Why not just practice privately or content to meet themselves to meet virtually? They're either foolish or they understand something that we are in danger of forgetting. Now, when I speak about the necessity of physically gathering, I'm not talking about those who are genuinely unable to physically gather. I mean, especially in this time, I understand that there are many who are populations vulnerable to the coronavirus or many live with those that are vulnerable to the coronavirus. And moreover, during this time, it's completely understandable that having been isolated so long and fed so many dire warnings, the idea of physically gathering with a larger group in an enclosed space is still an uncomfortable one. There are times even when the persecuted church must forego physical gathering. But what I am saying is let's never grow comfortable or content with not physically gathering. You know, this technology has allowed us to be connected And it will allow our vulnerable and isolated populations to remain connected. And I believe that is a magnificent thing. But friends, let us cultivate a longing for unmediated physical gathering together. You know, at our business meeting on Thursday night, Esther McKay, our moderator, brought up a point I told her was so good I wanted to use it in a sermon. And it was such a good point. Here I am using it three days later. So thank you, Esther. You know, she pointed out that the words media and mediator share the same root. Media and mediator share the same root. Because media is always a mediator. It goes between. And as good as it might be, media always separates the two parts. You see, for those of you who are online, I'm here, but you're there. And the media of YouTube is our mediator. There's something between us. This morning for adult Sunday school, Rich and a handful of others were down in the parlor, but many more were at home with the media of Zoom as their mediator. But something was between them. And friends, the media is a good thing in that it allows those who cannot be involved to be involved. But let's always long for unmediated gathering. Because physical gathering is better. I mean, husbands and wives, you know this. When one of you is away on a trip, it's good to talk to your spouse on the phone. It's good to video chat with them. 
But you know that that can never completely satisfy your hunger to physically be with that other person. I can't wait until he's home. I can't wait until she's in my arms again. See, mediated presence is not a perfect or a complete substitute for unmediated physical presence. We long for unmediated physical presence. And church, we know this is true not only from our personal experience, but from the gospel. Because the gospel, the good news, is that for God so loved the world, He didn't send a text message or a Facebook post, or Zoom with us, or live stream on YouTube, the Gospel is Emmanuel. God is with us, unmediated. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, Jesus took on human flesh, God with skin on, and He physically gathered with us so that we could be gathered to Him. Christianity is not just about content, teaching, philosophy, moral code. If it was, Jesus didn't need a body. I mean, he could have just live-streamed us from heaven. And we could all just logged on from the comfort of our homes. But Jesus took on flesh. Church is more than content, no matter how good that content is. Church is a community. It's the body of Christ. And friends, when we're unable to gather, media is amazing. And I'm so glad that we have it, even now. However, we need to remember that the pixelated screen is no long-term or permanent substitute for physical presence with one another. We should long for and move towards unmediated gatherings. Because, friends, as we've already said, only in our physical gatherings can we share in baptism and the Lord's Supper. Only in our physical gatherings can we sing together. I don't know about you, but I've seen some pretty spectacular recordings of virtual choirs on YouTube during this pandemic. But we know there's something fundamentally different that happens when we gather and when we sing together. You know, there's something that happens musically when our voices join together. There's a resonance that can only occur when there are voices in the same space vibrating the same air. Only when we gather and we sing together, it produces something that singing individually just never could produce. You know, a word that we so often hear in the business world is the word synergy. Synergy. The sum of the parts is greater than the whole. The idea is that if you have three persons working on a project, it's not the end result is greater than if you had one person. The, the end, in, rather than one plus one plus one equals three, synergy means one plus one plus one equals five or six or seven or more. Basically, you get more because the sum of the parts is actually greater than the whole. And that's true in our singing. But church, that's true in our entire life together. The sum of the parts The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We need to gather because only then are we able to serve one another. I mean, with media formats like the the one that we're using right now, the danger is there are producers and there are consumers. On this side of the camera, there's production, and on that side, there's consumption. But the body of Christ is more than that. There needs to be a mutuality. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you come together... Each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. And let all things be done for building up. You see, when we physically come together, we can use our gifts together 
to mutually build one another up. And even when you don't serve in a formal role here on a Sunday morning, your presence, your welcome, your voice serves as an encouragement to those that are present. Media is a wonderful tool when we're unable to gather, but the danger of it that we need to always be aware of is that it can lull us into becoming mere consumers and it can reduce the church to a content provider. My participation in the church body is not just to receive, but to give. It's not just to be served, but to serve. It's not just to consume content, but to build the community. And that is best done as we gather together. And most powerfully, church, we need to remember that the church's physical gathering is a witness to this world. Because, you know, the world can so easily just write off and ignore one spiritual person as an anomaly. But the worship of the gathered church is a powerful witness to the world. When very different people inconvenience themselves for one another, when they forgive and they sacrifice for one another, when they confess the same truth of the gospel together, when they serve and they love their neighbors together, it becomes all the harder for the world to ignore. God is most glorified in and through His church, through the gathered koinonia of His church, the shared life and the shared mission of His church. Church, the virtual is good and may be for a time absolutely necessary. Don't hear me saying otherwise. However, we must all nurture within our hearts a holy discontent. A holy discontent with this mediated presence. We want a presence with one another that is unmediated. Yes, it is convenient and it's comfortable and it's easy, but it's not the best that God has for His people. And it's not the best way for God's people to be able to serve one another. And it's not the best way for God's people to bring God glory to a watching world. Church, in this time of regathering, even if you're not ready to physically gather together with a large group in a building on a Sunday morning, We want to encourage you to find ways to gather with community because we need one another. We want to encourage you, especially those of you there right now with us at home, as you feel safe and are safe to do, we hope that you might consider inviting over another family or a couple from the church and maybe participate together in the morning live stream together in the future. Sing together, pray together, share the Lord's Supper together. Discuss the sermon together. See, community doesn't mean it has to be this large group community meeting in this building. But we would love to see starting and support the starting of of more home church gatherings throughout our area. Smaller, Smaller gatherings of our members and regular attenders who are coming together to worship the Lord and serve one another in community. And if you're not yet ready to come back to the large group gathering in the building on Sunday morning, but you are willing to host another family or a couple or an individual in your home, I know I would love to talk to you and encourage you and help you make that happen. Because the bottom line is we need one another because we are a community. The church is not a building. The church is not an event. And the church is not merely content. Church is a community. The body of Christ. And we can only be His church together. And so friends, how will each one of us 
work to make that happen. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to be your body. We want the world to know that we are yours. We want the world to know that Christ is real. We want the world to know so great a salvation as has been revealed. And Father, we pray that you would make that happen. We pray that you would draw us into community with one another in ways that are wise and that are safe at this time, but that you would make us wholly discontent, wholly discontent with being apart, that we might always long to be together, that we might be grateful for what media allows us, but that we might still have within us a holy longing for one another, a holy longing for the body of Christ, and a holy longing for the glory of Christ. So, Lord, help us to make it so. Draw us to yourself. Draw us to one another. And receive glory and honor and praise in and through our lives, now and forevermore. Amen.